This is the GQ Coaches Show with Coaches Goins and Quick, brought to you by the United States Basketball Association, the leader in youth basketball, usbahoops.com. Now, get ready to chop it up with your hosts, Coaches G and Q, for the real talk in sports. All right, it's January the 16th. Thank you so much for tuning in to the GQ Coaches Show. This is Coach Goins along with the hottest co-host this side of heaven, and that is Coach Mike Quick. So first of all, we want to say happy heavenly birthday to the one and only Dr. Martin Luther King, celebrating, well, observing his birthday today, January the 16th, with actually his birthday is January the 15th. So we honor him, and we dedicate this show to Dr. King. Coach Quick, I know you're locked and loaded. We got a, we got a barn burner tonight. What is on tap? Hey, what's going on, Coach G? You want to know what's popping with Coach Q? Well, Coach Q is so excited about our special guest via telephone. I feel like I'm posted up inside Nissan Stadium, the home of the Tennessee Titans, on the 50-yard line, ready to chop it up with a keyboardist and a vocal legend. After this short break, Coach G and I are going to come right back with our special guest. So make sure those sneakers are laced up tight. You're listening to Coaches G&Q Chopping It Up. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back in. You better make sure you got your popcorn hot and got a side of butter. Coach Quick, what is popping? Hey, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce to some and present to others. He is a keyboardist, singer, and songwriter, and he's also an author, but he's a, he's a member of the Steve Miller Band. Ladies and gentlemen, put those hands together and welcome to the GQ Coaches Show, Mr. Joseph Wooten. Hey, everybody, this is Joseph Wooten. I'm, man, I'm so happy to be here with these two great coaches. I, I, love, I love coaches because uh, coaches are leaders of young men. And goodness knows we, our future needs uh, led young people. So uh, I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to talk about whatever you want to talk about. Uh, you guys are so motivational. Got me feel like I want to lace up my sneakers and <laughs> do some exercise or something. Watch out. And, yes, watch. and you know what? We're so excited. And again, everybody, I tell you, you better call somebody and let them know we've got none other than the legendary keyboarders of the Steve Miller Band, and also the hands of soul, Mr. Joseph Wooten. Coach Quick, I don't know about you, but I'm having an out-of-body just because, you know what, I classify Mr. Wooten as a friend of ours. He's been on the podcast. Now he's on the GQ Coaches Show. We're going to be chopping it up. I know you're in the laboratory. I know you got some things lined up, and I'm going to kick it over to you so we can get this party started. Yes, sir, Mr. Wooten. Uh, could you tell our listening audience who Joseph Wooten is? Well, um, I'm one of the Wooten brothers. Uh, I got, uh, there's five brothers, five musical brothers. I'm the keyboard player and the singer. So uh, there's keyboards, bass, drums, guitar. Uh, my sax player brother passed away in 2010. But we grew up playing music. Uh, we had a record deal in the mid-'80s um, with Arista Records. We signed at the same time as... Whitney's same producer, same label. Uh, my brother played drums on Whitney's debut single, You Give Good Love. I watched her sing it and, and sang with her on a song called Thinking About You on that on that same album. Uh, we're, we're still playing. We're going to be going to Australia this year. Uh, we're going to be touring around the country this year. But I also played with, with uh, 
the Steve Miller Band. Steve Miller just got inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2016, so that's exciting. We have another tour coming up this uh, summer. He'll be celebrating 50 years in show business this year, and I'll be celebrating 30 years with him. So on March 12th, I will have been with the Steve Miller Band for 30 years. I'm doing some things with with the military because uh, we need to honor our military because, you know, they they keep us safe so that we can play basketball and we can (laughs) play sports and we can play music and we can live our lives in relative safety. So I do whatever I I, I can for them. I have a a, a, a charity called I Matter, You Matter, and we work a lot honoring diversity we work a lot with uh with worthy young people but we we do a bunch with uh uh veterans especially homeless veterans so it's just out here trying to use what i'm good at for the right reasons because goodness knows uh goodness knows we need some people uh that are that are trying to lead us in the right direction Absolutely. I, I tell you what, um, Mr. Wooten, as you sit here just running that down, man, I'm just having an out-of-body experience because what an impeccable, impeccable career to be a part of a musical family, to be able to sing back up with Whitney Houston, to be a part of the Steve Miller Band for 30 years, and they're, they're going to be in show business for 50 years. That's out, That's an outstanding body of work. Yeah, yeah. I, I tell you, congratulations on your career, and we're looking forward to many, many more. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, yes, sir. You know, Coach Quick. Yes, sir. When when Mr. Wooten was was laying all of that down, my mind was going is this okay? So, and I'm not a mathematician by any stretch of the imagination. So, folks, don't <laughs> don't 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 think I'm going here. But how, if if you had to th- if you had to throw out a number, Mr. Wooten, in ref- thirty years. You walk in the venue, you get everything set up, you do the sound check, and just uh, folks, I'm going, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, Mr. Wooten, check this up tonight, and make sure that our sound check was right on time. And I told <laughs> Coach Quick, I said that only happens because that's what he does. He is a he he is a professional, and we appreciate him taking us there. But my question is, you stand there behind your keyboards for 30 years. It is has what does take us there? What what goes through your mind from the I call it pregame, if you will. So you walk out mm-hmm. and you do your sound check and then you go back, you guys get dressed, and then here you come in to really do the, the full blown show. What goes to your what goes to your mind when that when that curtain opens? Well so it's it's very similar to sports in that you do all the fundamentals and you practice until they become natural so that you don't have to think about them anymore. So when the curtain opens at that point, you can just enjoy it mm. and do what, do what comes natural, but doing what comes natural well happens because you've prepared. Mm. So it's, you know, I've been, I've been playing since, since I was five, I'm 61 now. So, as my mom would say, I'm not so impressed that they play well. They've been doing that their whole lives. She said, by now, they ought to be good at it. That's what my mom used to say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, yeah, by now, they ought to be good at it. But what goes through my mind is less about me and more about, like, this this great situation that I get to be in. Like, some musicians, some artists and musicians get bored because they play the same music all the time. Mm. And that's that can happen if you're thinking about yourself, right? But we play music for other people. And when I think about, it's always exciting to me, like with the Steve Miller band, 
we go out and when we play a song that they're familiar with, they've been waiting for this song for months. They bought their ticket with their hard-earned money weeks ago, months ago. And finally, here's that moment where they get a chance to hear the Joker or take the money and run or fly like an eagle. And I get a, I get to be a part of delivering all of that joy. Wow. And that's what that's the part that never that never gets old is making other people happy. Wow. You know, making other people happy and, and giving people a break, just giving people a break from life that sometimes is just really hard. You know, it's after after COVID, it seems like people enjoy the music a little bit more because they can remember what it was like to have it taken away. Mm. So for me, I rec I recognize what a just a a huge privilege it is for me to be able to do what I do for a living because there's lots of talented people, plenty of people more talented than me, plenty of people equally talented, whatever. But it, it's like being a great athlete. There's lots of athletic people, but there's there's more athletic people than there are slots for athletic people. Same thing with musicians. There's more talented musicians than there are slots for talented musicians. So if you get a chance to play in the NFL or the NBA or the Major League Baseball, if you don't take the time to recognize how privileged you are, then you're, you're missing some of the experience. And I try not to, I try not to take any of that for granted. Wow, Coach Quick. Yes, sir. I never heard it laid down like that, man. Ever. Yeah, he's right? dropping dimes on the show today. <laughs> Ever, right? And all in my in my fifty six years. All right, Mr. Wooten dated himself. I'm gonna date myself. In my fifty years, fifty six years, I've never heard it so eloquently put as it relates to there there's only so many slots. And what right. what are you doing to constantly home in your skills? You know what? This is excellent. Don't don't anybody make a move. What we're gonna do? We're gonna step away, pay a few bills. But our very special guest tonight on the GQ Coaches Show is none other than Mr. Joseph Wooten, and we'll be right. Back. Hey, this is Pete Chilka, North Carolina Tar Heel and NBA champion. You're listening to the GQ Coaches Show on ESPN Radio 1240, The Box. The United States Basketball Association, the USBA, was founded in 2005. The USBA has been a leader in grassroots basketball tournaments and camps for boys and girls of all ages across the United States, Canada, and Puerto Rico. It is our goal to develop young people and equip them with skills that will help them advance both on and off the court. Visit their website at usbahoops.com. Their email is info at usbahoops.com or by telephone at 704-649-6812. All basketball, all the time. And thank you for playing USBA. Looking for something fun but different to do? Join a group of friends, family, or co-workers to destroy electronics, break some glass, or even throw some axes. At the Havoc House located downtown Waynesboro, Virginia, visit their website at HavocHouseVA.com and book your appointment today. There's a lot of reasons why people trust Chris Montgomery at Alcova Mortgage. They have a diverse lineup of loan programs. So whether you're looking to buy a home, refinance, or tackle college expenses with your equity, 
you can put Chris Montgomery and Alcova Mortgage in the game for you. Call 540-290-0558 or go online to alcova.com forward slash C Montgomery. Hey, this is Chris Patola, and you're listening to the GQ Coaches Show on ESPN Radio 1240, The Boss, the real talk in sports. All right, this is Coach Goins, and we are back in. It is hot in here, okay? I stole a line from Chris Patola there, Coach Quick. I'm sure you just heard that. But our very special guest via telephone, none other than keyboard artist, Mr. Joseph Wu. But before we get into that, we got to give a shout-out to our, one of our main guys, and that is none other than Mr. Chris Montgomery of Alcova Mortgage. When it's time to get in the game, call Chris for all of your mortgage needs at 540-290-0558, and we thank him for his continued support. Coach Quick, I'm going to kick it to you. Yes, sir. Mr. Wooten, yes. take this time to reflect on Miss Dorothy and Mr. Elijah Wooten and also your brother Rudy. Yes. Take this time to reflect on them, and then we'll come back and get you to talk about your other brothers, and the rest of your family. You got it. I'll try to keep this succinct because there's it's, it's so much to, to be appreciative of. But my parents, my dad was born in 1930. My mom was born in 1934, you know, uh, in North Carolina. And uh, they both grew up on, on farms. Um, fortunate enough that both of them were to grow up on land that they owned, which is remarkable in itself in that that wasn't, you know, the 30s in North Carolina wasn't a, a big time of black land ownership. Mm. So my on my on my mother's side of the family, uh, her father purchased about 200 acres of land with no schooling, uh, just smarts, toughness, cleared the land himself, raised 13 kids there with uh, with my grandmother, and uh, even though they didn't have schooling they had lots of just lots of natural wisdom one of the biggest ones being uh the one that we remember remember the most is my mom used to say to us when you get up in the morning and you look in the mirror you've seen the most important person that you're going to meet that day mm-hmm. and then she would follow it up with but you're you're no more important than anybody else and which is a good thing to tell young kids that are being told how good they are you know, when they're when they're young, my mom wanted to make sure that that wasn't corrupting. She wanted to make sure that we were articulate, that we could stand up for ourselves. And she would say, if you're in school, something's going wrong. She said, call me when I get there. I'm going to be on your side. She said, but you better be right. <laughs> <laughs> but you better be right. And she would. And she would. Something would go wrong. We stand up for ourselves. My mom would come in and she said it straight because as kids. As kids uh, going to school in the in the early seventies, late sixties, mid seventies, you know there were plenty of racial things going on that my parents understood much deeper than we did. And my mom would come in and and straighten it out. She's a great example of wisdom and discipline. If you hear any of my brothers and they start talking philosophically, you know you're hearing you're hearing my mom's influence. My dad fought in the Korean War. Uh, and uh, so he has seen, you know, he had been down in the jungle and seen the thick of it. Uh, he had he had seen fellow white soldiers get medals that the 
commanding officer didn't mind telling the black soldiers they couldn't get purely because of skin color. And, uh, you know, they had seen, you know, parents had seen lynch mobs and all those things. And they would tell us the stories, but they would make sure that they ended it by telling us, making sure that we knew all white people aren't bad people. Mm. Yes, you know, even though, uh, you know, my, my dad was telling the story of the, the lynch mob chasing him, chasing the man. And he runs into that. The black man runs into the house and hides up the chimney. And uh, the mob, the lynch mob member runs in and looks straight at it up the chimney and then runs back out and says, there's nobody in here. Saved his life. And my dad told that story more than once because they wanted to make sure that we knew that the world was tough. It's not always going to be on your side. Your skin color is going to matter. But lots of good white people out there. You know what I mean? And you judge people by by uh, by how they act, not by the color of their skin. They're great. Just Both of them are just uh, great examples. Anytime you teach... Uh, Anytime you teach any young person anything that has to do with character, it's not gonna it's not gonna stick unless you're leading by example. And both my parents led uh, led by example very well. My brother Rudy passed away in 2010. He was an incredible musician. He used to blow two saxophones at once. Really good at it. He could he used to blow a, one saxophone played in a, in concert key. The other saxophone played a minor third up, he played an alto and a C melody, and he could blow those horns in thirds, he can blow it, make him play the same note, he can make him play in octaves, he can make him play the correct intervals up the scale. He could, he just, he was just a genius that way, and he was very loving, I said he was so loving, love was in his middle name, it was like Rudy Lovell Wooten. Mm. And, um, but he's, Rudy's an example of how, uh, like the the music business of trying to be successful can be hard on you. He had a soft, just a soft, tender nature. And when we when we went and got our record deal, the only thing he ever wanted to do is just play with his brothers. We got the record deal, but because uh, Bashif used me and Roy in his band, the other three went back to Virginia. Well, the drummer, the lead vocalist. And the keyboard player, if they're in one place, the other three brothers can't really play gigs. So that sort of stopped the band from playing, and he, it took it, he took it hard. It worked on his mental capacity, but he never never became mean. And, uh, you know, he just took it hard. And uh, uh, he passed away in 2010. And uh, so there's a, appropriately, there's a jazz club in Nashville called Rudy's Jazz Room. And they named it after him. The owner of the the owner of the uh, the room used to play music with him and wanted to do something fitting. So the, the only the only pure jazz room in uh, Nashville is named after my brother. And um, yes, yeah, it's, it's a just a great a great family to grow up in. Wow. Yes, sir. Oh, see, I'll kick it over to you. Well, I tell you what, man. What? And first of all, Mr. Wooten, we certainly appreciate, you know, you going back because uh, I'm a North Carolina guy. Uh, Coach, mm-hmm. Coach Quick is in North Carolina as we speak. Uh, okay. And uh, we, yes, we, we, we we born and raised. And, and once, you're, once you're in North Carolina, it's hard. You, you can move and you can go other places. But when people find out from you for North Carolina, uh, that, is a, that is a special place. Uh, in, in my heart and it'll forever. Now, I don't care wherever I live, no matter what, I'll tell people, hey, I'm from North Carolina. We certainly appreciate 
uh, you allowing uh, our listening audience to to learn and, and understand, you know, who you are, where you came from, and why you are who you are today. And we want to honor your mother and father and also uh, your brother, Rudy. So I want to kind of go here. I know my Steelers are not in the playoffs. I know you know our head coach uh, and uh, the Titans. So let's let's talk a little bit about the Titans and how okay. and, and and how and why. And you know what, folks? I've seen Mr. Wooten right at the ball game, and he's standing behind the the figurine with his head through the through the hole, like he was <laughs> like he was getting ready to take the field. So t- if you don't mind, tell every tell everybody how you became a Titans fan and why you have the passion for the game of football. Okay, well. I lived in Virginia for 18 years. Like, like I said, both my parents are from North Carolina. But uh, when my dad retired from the military, we lived in Virginia. So from 72 to 90, I lived in Virginia. September the 18th, 1990, I moved to Nashville. When I moved to Nashville, there was no football team. So uh, when we got a football team, by that time, I felt like a, I felt like a Tennessean. Right? I still had Virginia in my... <laughs> Virginia was still in my heart, and I and I got North Carolina in my soul. But I was a resident of uh, Nashville, so Tennessee gets the team. Lo and behold, the first year we get a stadium, we go to the Super Bowl, right? That's like you know, first year we get a, a stadium, we go to the Super Bowl. It looks like man, this is easy. <laughs> we gonna be in the Super Bowl all the time. The first year we're gonna say, and you know, of course we. We lost to the Rams by that one yard on the last play. Ooh. So, you know, you're the sports fan, and you goes, well, next year we're going to get over that line. And then the next year, you know, we next year we lost in the division champ, in the conference championship. And the next year we lost a game before the conference championship. And then the wheels fell off, right? You realize this is hard. <laughs> <laughs> and, and uh, but it's sports, sports is a great it can be sports is a great uh it's a great thing to be a part of if you keep it in context if all you're thinking about are wins and losses your heart will stay broke right mm, mm. because every year like the titans you know the titans lost the first two games went on that five game win streak we look like we're one of those teams and then finally the injuries caught up with us and all those games where we just found a way to win we were just a little bit below finding a way to lose. Because, you know, for two years in a row, we've been the most injured team in history. Right? But sports, sports is one of those things. Anything that has to do, any any outcome, it has to do with opposition. Always has a temporary outcome. You know what I mean? Because it's, re- it's not the best way to resolve things unless you're learning a lesson that goes beyond the game, right? That's what makes sports great is what you, the lessons you learn that go beyond the game, uh, accountability, teamwork, uh, preparation, uh, leadership. All of those things go beyond the game. We want to win, but winning is not the, it's the biggest thing in the moment, but not the biggest thing in the game. We know plenty of people, we know plenty of people that won that weren't very good people. You know what I mean? Yes, if, if winning, if winning was the only thing that mattered, then cheating would be fun, right? Wow. And of course, of course, that's not the case. I like sports because it brings people together. We need more togetherness. 
Now, the upside of it is when your team is winning, everybody's together. But it's at somebody's expense. <laughs> That's exactly right. Winning is at somebody's expense. It's why I like music better. Because mm. music has all the benefits of winning, but nobody loses. And even if that's not your song, you still know the person still knows that you did it for them. Nobody gets hurt. That's the part that I like about music. But I love the, I love the, I love being a citizen of Nashville. I love the fact that it's a city where music, you know, it's a, a primarily a music city. So I, I love representing Tennessee. I'm mature enough to know that repping Music City, we're not going to win all the time, right? <laughs> we're not going to win all the time. And when your team loses, yeah, it hurts for a minute, but you try to keep it in perspective. <laughs> the wheels fell off the Titans, but we've had some success here. You know, we were the most injured team in history last year. We had the best record in the AFC. There's nothing to be upset about. We won the division two times in a row. We just came short. This That's life, right? Yes, sir. It's life. You win some, you lose some. What's more important than the wins or, or losses, and it, it takes maturity to know this, but what's more important than the wins or losses is the quality of the person that's winning or losing. Yes. If you, yeah, if, you're, if you are learning from your loss, you're winning. You've lost the game in front of you, but you're winning at the most important game, which is the life that you lead. Right? And the, the reason that we do everything the reason that we do anything is to learn to be better people. Is learn to be better people. It's like uh, it's like any worthwhile person. Uh, MLK, his his uh, his birthday is, is just in a couple of days. He wasn't a perfect person. He wasn't a perfect person. It doesn't you know perfection is a perfection is a uh, it's a it's a goal, but it's not a requirement. And because of who he was, because of how he took his losses and his wins, now we have streets named after him, and everybody aspires to be him. Well, that's what sports is for. Through these things that we're good at, same with music. Through the things, through our talents, we're there to inspire other people. Not to just inspire them to be talented like us, but to inspire them to be better versions of themselves. And that's the reason. That's the reason I love sports. It's the reason I love coaches. I got a soft spot in my heart for coaches, because not everybody's not everybody's a leader, but we need leaders. That's right. We need them. Not everybody's good at it. Not everybody who gets a chance to be a coach is a good coach. But the good ones uh, lead people in the right direction, and that's more of what we need. And you know, maybe it's just because I'm an optimist, but I think we're on. I think. As a, with society, we're on the, we're, we're at an inflection point where we have a chance to really move forward culturally, right? Yes, sir. And I think, I think that's also the reason why you're seeing, you're seeing so much unrest because not everybody wants us culturally to move forward. Some people want things to stay the same. But I, I say, I say that, um, if it weren't possible for us to be moving forward, if, 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 if people coming together weren't possible, Martin Luther King would still be alive. <laughs> There'd be no reason to get rid of him. Wow. Right? He's exactly so, right. Yeah. We're, we are... Culture needs to move forward. And uh, people who are good at something, they have it in context, are very... 
have a lot of potential in moving society in the right direction because we have attention. So my mom, going back to my mother, you know, people would say, your sons are so good. You know, aren't you so proud? And she would say, I'm not proud because they're good. They've been doing it their whole lives. They ought to be good at it by now. That's what she would say. They've been doing it their whole lives. They ought to be good at it by now. But she would say, if you tell me that they inspired you, that makes me proud because that's the part that I worked on. She, she was less concerned with how good we are and more concerned with who we are being good. Wow. Absolutely. Yeah. She, my, my last point, I know I'm getting long. With no, that. no, 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 you're fine. No, you're fine. But my mom would, she would check in with us every now and then, especially as we got to be adult. And she was like, you know, what have you been up to? And, you know, young musicians were like, well, I'm practicing X amount of hours a day. You know, I'm running X amount of miles a day. I'm doing so-and-so amount of push-ups a day. Um, 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 and then she, she let us finish and she say, what does any of that have to do with me? And basically what she's asking is, what are you doing for other people? I see what you're doing for you, mm. but, but what, you know, how is, how is what you're doing going to affect other people? That's more of what I'm concerned with. And, uh, you know, all of my brothers, you talk to all of my brothers, all of them, uh, are teachers. All of them want to help other people. Uh, all of my brothers are the right kind of person. We're not perfect, but we do things for other people. And that's the legacy. That's the legacy uh, of my mom. We're resilient. That's the legacy of both my parents. Excellent. Excellent. Coach Quick. Yes, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, as we close out our game plan segment, who we have on is Mr. Joseph Wooten. He is a keyboardist and a vocalist for the Steve Miller Band. Also, the Hands of Soul. And I, um, I, our game plan segment is brought to you by Chris Montgomery of Alcova Mortgage. When it's time to get in the game, call Chris at 540-290-0558, and we'll be right back. There's a lot of reasons why people trust Chris Montgomery at Alcova Mortgage. They have a diverse lineup of loan programs. So whether you're looking to buy a home, refinance, or tackle college expenses with your equity, you can put Chris Montgomery at Alcova Mortgage in the game for you. Call 540-290-0558 or go online to alcova.com forward slash C Montgomery. Looking for something fun but different to do? Join a group of friends, family, or co-workers to destroy electronics, break some glass, or even throw some axes. At the Havoc House located downtown Waynesboro, Virginia, visit their website at HavocHouseVA.com and book your appointment today. The United States Basketball Association, the USBA, was founded in 2005. The USBA has been a leader in grassroots basketball tournaments and camps for boys and girls of all ages across the United States, Canada, and Puerto Rico. It is our goal to develop young people and equip them with skills that will help them advance both on and off the court. Visit their website at usbahoops.com. Their email is info at usbahoops.com or by telephone at 704-649-6812. All basketball, all the time. And thank you for playing USBA. 
Hey, this is Coach Mike Apple, head men's basketball coach and athletic director of Sand Hills Community College, and you're listening to the GQ Coaches Show, the real talk in sports on ESPN Radio 1240, The Boss. All right, this is Coach Goins along with Coach Quick and our very special guest, Via Telephone. That's right, Via Telephone. You heard it. Uh, none other than Mr. Joseph Wooten from the hands of soul. And if you don't know who Joseph Wooten is, I'm sure you got a computer. You better type it in. And when you type it in, you're going to call Coach Goins and Coach Quick and go, oh, my God. That's exactly right. So, listen, as we get into this timeout segment, it's brought to you by the Havoc House of Waynesboro, Virginia. Make your appointment today at 540-447-1362 and come in swinging. Coach Quick, you're locked and loaded. I see you standing at the back of the end zone. What you got? Yes, sir. Ready to catch this pass for uh, Mr. Wooten. Um, Mr. Wooten, um, tell us about the time you and your brothers opened up for James Brown and Curtis Mayfield as kids. Okay. Now, when we were kids, we didn't open for James, but James, we went and saw him. And, and that was very – we did open for Curtis Mayfield, I'll tell you about that. But we went and saw James, uh, and my mother especially recognized how important – uh, that was for us because by then she could see that we were planning on doing it, uh, doing it for real. So we saw James in 1960. I'm sorry, we saw James in 1969, I believe it was. So I mean, we were we were young, uh, maybe 69 or 70. But what I remember is we saw James. Uh, play at the Memorial Auditorium in Sacramento, California, and we were all just, you know, just floored by how how good he was. But as I'm older, I recognize how uh, how important that was for my parents because James was more than an artist in the '60s. Mm. When times when the when the country was trying to make sure that black people knew that they were not equal. James was uh, a symbol of the fact that that wasn't true. So James not a, James was a symbol of excellence, even though he made sure that he still sounded like he was from from Georgia. You know, he didn't try to <laughs> talk proper like he was Sammy Davis or nothing. He still sounded like he was from Georgia. But he lets you know, like he didn't have much of an education, but he worked hard. He had a jet with his name on it, though. Mm. Right? He was... Uh, he was the most dynamic man in in show business. He had a jet with his name on it. He represented excellence. He represented hard work, and he was available to his people. That was the other thing. James was also the man that uh, made it not dangerous to proclaim that you were black and proud. Like black people have always been proud, but you know, for a long while it was dangerous to proclaim it out loud. James made that song saying loud, "I'm black and I'm proud." That was a big deal. So. When he played, I remember my mom came and got Victor and I out of school. I think Victor was in kindergarten, maybe? Yeah, probably was in kindergarten. I was in the third grade. She came and got us out of school. We got in the car. She drove us to this hotel. We knocked on the door. And out walks, you know, Bobby Bird and St. Clair Pinckney and Maceo and Pee Wee uh, Pee Wee Ellis from the horn section. Because she... Her, her goal was for us to meet James. She just had a feeling of how uh, influential that would be. But we met the band, and the band took some time and talked with us. You know, these these kids that they had no idea was coming. 
knocking on the door. They were really gracious with us. Now that I'm older, I realize, you know, here's James flying on a private jet and there's his band four to a room, right? <laughs> but um, <laughs> but we, uh, we, we did open for Curtis Mayfield in, uh, in 1972. And uh, we opened for war in 1970, actually. Mm. We opened for war in 1970. Victor was five years old, just learned to write his name. I was eight. We opened for war, opened for Curtis Mayfield two years later. Um, and that was very instrumental. Two, two different things. With James, we learned excellence, you know, that dynamic show. Curtis Mayfield, we learned a bunch about music. We learned a bunch about music and, and how, like, Curtis Mayfield never played loud his whole thing was content, you know, his lyrics, the words were heavy, the music was excellent, and people actually got quiet to hear everything that he did. So we learned that too. But we also saw Curtis Mayfield play a show. Uh, there, there was we playing, He was playing two shows, and, and we opened for both of them. So he, we opened for the first show. He was really late. So it was this club, really late. And he played the show. By the time we finished... The club was sold out on the inside. There was a sold-out crowd on the outside waiting to get in. So he Curtis plays, and he gets paid, and he leaves. We see him leave. And that sort of put a bad taste in our mouth with, in terms of business. We saw how not to be. Uh, there was a, a musician back in that in those days that's, that looked at us, you know, children, and said, you guys need to get out of the business while you're young. And we just thought that was ridiculous because we were already sold. We knew we were going to be doing it for the rest of our lives. <laughs> but um, we saw two different sides of the business, but we were determined. Uh, we were focused. We had great example with us. We weren't like other young musicians that get corrupted by adults. When we were young, our parents were with us. So uh, we inspired each other. Even though we played with, with older musicians, sometimes we, our inspiration came from home and came from each other. So... It was, um, we learned a bunch. We, we learned a bunch, and uh, between seeing James Brown young, between seeing Curtis Mayfield young, and then the example of both our parents and the inspiration from all the brothers, we turned out just fine. Wow. I tell you what, just to be able to, to meet James Brown as a youngster and also open up for Curtis Mayfield, two, uh, two legends uh, for aspiring artists, I know that was very, encouraging, very encouraging and very important to you guys. Yeah, it, it really was. Now, James had already left. James was going on his jet, but we met, <laughs> we met his band members. What James used to do, though, talk about hard work, what James used to do, James had two bands. Mm. And while one band was playing, the other band was traveling. So that he, could play, he could play almost every night uh, that particular year. He played 335 dates. <laughs> but James Brown, again, being more than an artist, what James was doing, what he was attempting to do, James knew that there was a lot of black talent, but black talent couldn't get on white radio. Mm -hmm. So his plan was, he knew he could do anything if he had enough money. So what James would do was he's like, what am I paying a promoter for? He says, you know, I'm bigger than the promoter. So he'll get a little college dude, you know, that pay him a few thousand dollars rather than paying a promoter most of the money. The promoter would promote. When you bought a ticket for James Brown, you were paying James. You weren't paying the promoter. Wow. 
So James, yeah. So at the end of it, James was making all of the money almost every night of the year. One band would play, the other band would travel. The next night, the other band would play, the other band would travel. And he'd fly from city to city to city and play every night, trying to buy enough radio stations where black people didn't need white radio. Wow. That was his plan. So James, for us, was a great example of being more than an artist, right? It's, it's important to be an artist. It's important to your listener for you to be the right kind of person because you have more influence than the right than the average person. So, you know, James, uh, when Martin Luther King gets shot, James Brown is the reason that Boston doesn't burn to the ground, right? That's because of James. Uh, uh, they had a James Brown concert uh, in Boston, and they figured if James Brown was in town, uh, if they televised it, people would either stay home to watch it or go to the concert instead of going to burn the town down. So, yeah, James played Boston, and because James played Boston, Boston was one of the one of the few major cities that didn't burn to the ground because Dr. King was killed. This is Matt Doherty, and you're listening to the GQ Coaches Show, the real talk in sport on ESPN Radio, 1240, The Boss. The United States Basketball Association, the USBA, was founded in 2005. The USBA has been a leader in grassroots basketball tournaments and camps for boys and girls of all ages across the United States, Canada, and Puerto Rico. It is our goal to develop young people and equip them with skills that will help them advance both on and off the court. Visit their website at usbahoops.com. Their email is info at usbahoops.com or by telephone at 704-649-6812. All basketball, all the time. And thank you for playing USBA. There's a lot of reasons why people trust Chris Montgomery at Alcova Mortgage. They have a diverse lineup of loan programs. So whether you're looking to buy a home, refinance, or tackle college expenses with your equity, you can put Chris Montgomery at Alcova Mortgage in the game for you. Call 540-290-0558 or go online to alcova.com forward slash C Montgomery. Looking for something fun but different to do? Join a group of friends, family, or co-workers to destroy electronics, break some glass, or even throw some axes. At the Havoc House located downtown Waynesboro, Virginia, visit their website at havithouseva.com. And book your appointment today. Hey, this is Coach Mike Apple, head men's basketball coach and athletic director of Sand Hills Community College, and you're listening to the GQ Coaches Show, the real talk in sports on ESPN Radio 1240, The Boss. All right, we're back in. This is Coach Goins along with Coach Quick and our very special guest via telephone. Mr. Joseph Wooten. Somebody says, man, why do I know that name? You heard of the Wooten brothers. His brother Victor is classified as the world's best bass player. Coach Quick, you, did, you used to have a bass guitar, didn't you? Yes, sir. Did you, did you try? I had one and uh, tried, to, uh, tried to pick on that thing a little bit, but I had to pass it on down to somebody All right, else. Okay, I, I didn't know if you were trying to thump, thump that thing because you know I know some people in the music business, just in case you're trying to 
trying to revive your your skills. So with that, you know what, folks, we're we're so excited. We it, it's it has been a one hundred percent blast as we've been sitting here chopping it up, talking about life, talking about what you got to do, the passion, and everything that makes people who they are. So as we get into the real talk, and our segment is brought to you by the United States Basketball Association. Visit their website at usbahoops.com. Coach Quick, you know what, man? I don't know about you, but this has been one awesome conversation with our great friend, Mr. Joseph Wooten. And I'll kick it to you, Coach. Absolutely, it has. Um, Mr. Wooten, since we're in our real talk segment, I just want you to take this time, take this time to reflect since it's MLK Day, on Dr. Mm-hmm. King and the memories that you have of him. Okay. Well, when when Dr. King was around, I was obviously very young. I, when, obviously, I was born in 1961, December 15th. Now, the ironic thing, I found out December 15th is also, uh, I was born on the 170th anniversary of the ratification of the Bill of Rights and the First Amendment. I, I was pretty happy about that, and I don't, like, when when Martin Luther King was alive, I was pretty young, but what I do remember, I've learned more about him uh, as an adult, but what I remember when I was young, I remember that dark feeling in the house uh, when he was killed. Mm. I remember, I remember that feeling distinctly, and uh, because it was Dr. King, Bobby Kennedy, JFK, Malcolm X, just it seemed like everybody who could uh, everybody who could make a difference was starting to go for people that were alive back then. And I remember that feeling in the house, even though I was just single digits old. As I've gotten older, like a lot of people, I've uh, I've studied. Dr. King and, and 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 I'm always I'm always trying to be vigilant for how to get this country past its stumbling blocks. Mm. And I recognize that like what Dr. King Dr. King recognized what the problem was and the country wasn't really ready to hear it yet. But then I heard a speech from him of the other day, and this is one you don't hear too much. And basically what he was saying is that when black people were freed from being slaves, at the same time that the country, black people were ask, asking for land to exercise their freedom, at the same time that it was restricting uh, land acquisition for black folks. I mean, after slavery, after, you know, after Reconstruction, they even called that the second slavery, right? Because black people were right back; they were they were free on paper and still back on the plantation doing what they did before. While that was happening, they were giving away land to immigrants, just literally giving it away, move the Native Americans off the land and, you know, the Home, Homesteaders Act and all that kind of stuff. You just pay a, pay, a, uh, pay a fee and farm it for a few years and it was yours. And what you what Dr. King was getting people to see dangerously so was that the freedom that we're talking about that this country espouses, it's good to talk about freedom, but you have to see it in context. I read a quote that made a lot of sense. It said, uh, you got to remember that freedom to the wolves is death to the sheep. 
Mm. Right? Freedom doesn't mean the same thing to everybody. When we talk about patriotism in this country, it's good to talk about patriotism, but you got to talk about it in context because what funded patriotism was slavery. Right? That's what made so when even when Patrick Henry says, "Give me liberty or give me death," he's talking about liberty from England. But one of the things that they were angry about with England, they thought England was going to take away their right to own slaves. So freedom for freedom for them meant slavery for meant slavery for black people. Now that's a that's a that's a not a conundrum, but that's a knot that needs to be untied mm. as we're trying to be the people that we say we are. The good thing about the Declaration of Independence, it's written really well. You know that men are endowed with inalienable rights. Life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, all men are created equal. Those are great precepts uh, as words, but the, but the implementation of those words hasn't been that. And because I would love to see the country be what it says it is, right? just be who you say you are. If, if all of us are created equal, if it should be life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, then when we see a slum, we should invest in that slum because the slum exists there because when you were building the city, that was the only place black people were allowed to live. Mm. Let us live in the suburbs, whether we had money or not. You made us live in the center of the city. You divested from there and made sure there was no resources. That's why we say inner city. When we say the inner city, we acknowledge that we know the center part of the city is where the poor people of color are and the resources are all out there. Wow. But that's... That's not because black people went, you know what? It'd be great to live where there's no resources. It's because it's because when they were designing our big cities, they designed them in a certain way to keep opportunity away from certain people. So for the country to be who we say we are, right? All men are created equal. We're founded off of liberty. We're founded off of personal liberty, not just liberty for the state, but personal liberty. We all want that to be true. And if we want that to be true, then we got some things to solve. One of those being every major city has a slum. That's mm. pri primarily people of color. We don't want to solve it just because I don't want to solve it just because I'm fighting for the black team. I want to solve it because there's poor immigrants in there too. There's poor white people in there too. And it keeps the country from being what it says it is. Right? I'm saying it because I love the country, not because I just want to be critical. I just want it to be uh, what it, I just want it to be what it's supposed to be. Otherwise, some people's some people's freedom is at the expense of other people. Freedom for the freedom for the sheep is death for the wolves. And we don't in in a country that has this much resources, it doesn't have to be the case. This country doesn't have to have losers. Looking for something fun but different to do. Join a group of friends, family, or co-workers to destroy electronics, break some glass, or even throw some axes. At the Havoc House located downtown Waynesboro, Virginia, visit their website at HavocHouseVA.com and book your appointment today. This is Bobby Collins, the head men's basketball coach at D. Shaw University. And you're listening to the GQ Coaching Show. The real talk in sports on ESPN 1240, The Boss. Hey, this is Kenny Anderson, fifth men's basketball coach. 
and you're listening to GQ Coaches Show, the real talk in sport on ESPN Radio, 1240. We know how to invest. We know how to invest in uh, in poor housing. We know how to do it. We invested in Harlem when the Clintons got ready to move there, right? <laughs> if we if we can invest in it when they get ready to move there, we can invest in it when the Johnsons live there now. Mm. Absolutely. And we should. And and there's enough people that want things to change for there to start to be able to be changed. And and you feel that resistance to it. That's why you're in school. They don't want to talk about slavery because, you know what I mean, they say they don't want people to feel guilty. That's not it. It's not guilt. It's just the fact that people who see that we still are suffering the effects of it, young altruistic people will want to change it. Mm. Right? Not everybody wants that change. That's why it's imp- that's why it's important for the people that are good at something, athletes, musicians, people that that people listen to. It's the reason why it matters what kind of person that you are, right? It's more important than it's more important than the fact that you can score a bunch of points or you can play the best song. It's it has to do with what you represent because over history, the movers of culture are the artists and the athletes. They're the movers of culture. Like, as my brother Roy would say, you know, nobody remembers who the king was when Beethoven played music or Mozart. We remember Beethoven and Mozart, right? But nobody remembers the politicians. It's the people who move culture uh, that are remembered. So it's important. I I would say, like, for an athlete, don't just, I mean, work on your craft, but work harder at who you are. Um, my, my my last point is this country is a it's like over over the course of history there used to be monarchies, right? Yes, sir. Monarchy was the king. And the, the monarchies had too much power, too much power centralized in one person. And when there was revolution, they would they wanted a republic. They wanted they wanted a society where the people chose their leaders, popular sovereignty they called it. Well, here we have a democratic republic, and that's good. But to keep a democratic republic from descending into mob rule, because there's violence that can be built into a republic if the people don't decide uh, to be reasonable. In a, in a society, in a society where the people are sovereign, it's important that the people are informed. It's on the people to be informed. It's on the people to be reasonable. Otherwise, the majority can be January 6th. You know what I mean? Yes, sir. So, yeah, I I, I, um, I enjoy talking to you guys because you're coaches and it comes naturally to you. I can hear it. You guys are just born leaders. But we need some leaders, right? especially young people. Young people whose hearts are in the right place, but they don't have direction. We yes, need sir. good coaches. We need good examples. But to do it, it requires some things. It requires us to know some things. It requires us to have some feel for human nature. It requires us to not want to hurt each other. And those things are doable. They're even more doable when we watch somebody else do it successfully. So I appreciate what you guys do. I appreciate the opportunity uh, you're giving me to speak and I just want to remind you guys that what you're doing is more powerful probably than you think it is. Wow. Wow. Coach 
Pepsi. I'll kick it over to you. Well, listen, folks. You know what? I it's it has been one heck of a show. I can't thank Absolutely. our great friend, Mr. Joseph Wooten, Coach Quick, and everything that Mr. Wooten has laid down tonight is 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 so timely. Uh, and I and I, and as one of the hosts of the show, I can't thank him enough. We wish you continued success. Uh, as you move forward uh, with the Steve Miller band, the Hands of Soul, your brother. Here's a quick question for you: Are you guys sure. coming? Are you guys gonna come? Are, you, are y'all coming to Virginia? Because if you come to Virginia, Coach Quick, we gonna load up, we gonna go there, and we gonna be like them little fellas wanting to meet the band. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Listen, wherever I go, if I find out you're anywhere near, you got access. All right. All right. Wow. Um, I don't know that the Wooten brothers are coming to Virginia, but we're from Virginia, so we're gonna be. Eventually, we're going to be there. Yes, right? sir. Yes, sir. Eventually, we're going to be there. We grew up in Newport News, and uh, eventually, we're going to be there. When we do, you have access. You uh, both got access. All right. I, I can promise you that. All right. So, Coach Quick, I might, I, you know, I don't have a jet. I might have to put my name on the side of my car. <laughs> and we'll, we'll roll in there and I, and I might have to don a cape like uh, Brother Jay. But, no, it has been so fantastic, and we certainly, certainly appreciate uh, Mr. Wooten being on with us. But Coach Quick, I got to get your prediction, and I want to get Mr. Uh, Wooten's prediction for tonight's ball game. So who are you taking, the Cowboys or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? I got the Bucks 24 to 17. All right, Mr. Wooten, who are you taking tonight? Are you going to take the Buccaneers or are you going to take the Cowboys? That's a tough one. Um, I'm, a, I'm a bigger fan of Jack Prescott than I am of the Cowboys. I like Jack. I'm not that giant of a Cowboys fan. But um, I, the last game that they played in uh, in Washington, I was at that game. Oh. Uh, my wife works for a company that uh, that's one of their sponsors, so we were up in the box watching the game, and I just saw the Cowboys not live up to the moment. Mm. Right. So if, if you're asking me for a prediction, I'm gonna predict that. That t- when Tom Brady has a team's number, seldom, seldom do you break that trend. Mm. And uh, Tom Brady has never not beaten the Cowboys. So I'm going to Tom Brady's. I'm, I'm not the biggest Tom Brady fan, but if I had to predict, I, I, I would go with the Bucks uh, in a close game. Say neither team's are scoring a ton of points. So 2017. 2017. All right, Coach Quick, we got your, you know what? uh, Man, I don't have a dog in the fight, and I'm not a Brady fan, and them cat. You know what? Here you go. Here you go. I'm going to jump out on, I'm going to, I ain't going to call it a limb. Uh, I'm going to go out there, and I'm going to ride with, uh, uh, I'm going to take Tampa Bay. All right. And I'm going to say 21 to uh, 17. Uh, Tampa Bay uh, taking it, and uh, and we'll see. So, listen, I want to certainly thank again our very special guest, Mr. Joseph Wooten. L- go to check his book out, right? It it it's all it it all matters, right? Check right. it out. I'll never forget. I read it. There's something in there talking about who's the best TV dad of all times, without a doubt. Is, yes. is 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 James Evans from Good Times? That's another show. If you want to call Coach Goins and debate who is the best all time dad on TV, I'll dial it in and we'll have that show. Coach Quick, I'm gonna kick it over to you, and you know where to take us. For Coach Goins, our very special guest, Mr. Joseph Wooten of the Hands of Soul, and also a keyboardist 
and vocalist for the Steve Miller Band. And for myself, Coach Quick, we'll see you in the locker room. You have been listening to the GQ Coaches Show with Coaches G and Q, the real talk in sports. On ESPN Radio, 1240 The Boss 